Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The guys have caught the madness. They talk about the upsets, everyone's new favorite 98-year-old, and the funniest bets from round one. They also get into Tom Brady's beer skills, NFL free agency, and Kevin redeems himself by getting lunch for everyone and actually teaching us something. This week on Just Press Play. How many losing seasons does Tom Brady have to have before you can fire him? Well, he's got to have one. He's about to win the MVP. That's not an unnecessary roughness. It was a completely necessary roughness. I mean, it's a good point. The main rush for 170 yards is what he got credit for, but he, he walked and ran a total of like 300 yards. <laughs> as soon as it came out of my face, I knew how dumb that was. And here we go. Week one of March Madness is in the books. We got round one and two done. I call it round one and two. I think they kind of changed since those playing games are now played, and they call that round one, and these were two and three. But anyway, another week, another episode of the Just Press Play pod. We got the normal people here, me, L, and Pops. What's up? Hey, peace. Let's just go ahead and just jump right into our, 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 our what we like to start the show off with. Then let's go to... Best and worst of the week. And LJ, you got a, a pretty damn good best of the week. So let me yeah. just hear your best. So so my best of the week is uh, our beautiful mother just got married to an awesome dude on Saturday. So I'm just super excited about that. I'm very happy about that. Yes, sir. Me too. I, I wish you could have been there, but I am super pumped. Yeah, same. Me three. Me three. She looked happy and he's a great guy. I'm I'm happy for, yeah. for everybody involved. That was a wonderful thing. Yeah. So congratulations to the Galindos. Absolutely. Agreed. I just I wanted to I wanted that to lead off our best week because to me that's just that was the best thing. That was the best thing in my week for sure. So yeah. in other in other news, I have uh, another best that I used for the week that I want to go with is obviously as we know, UMBC was the first sixteen seed to beat a one seed. And that is not what I'm going to use as my best of the week because I think that could easily be the worst of the week. If you, <laughs> depends on what side you're looking. It was at. the worst for my bracket, but, my, but anyway. <laughs> but my best is going to be Eric Barger. He is a UMBC alum who him and his boys happen to be in Vegas this week. No way. And here's the story. So Eric Barger says. I go with my boys to Vegas every tournament, and we did pretty dang good on Thursday night. So, and the whole time we were just jacking around, talking ourselves into how UMBC can beat Virginia, and they did. They did pretty good on Thursday night. So they decided all eight of them would go a hundred apiece and put eight hundred dollars on UMBC no way. to beat Virginia, and that ticket came out to win. $16,800. Yes. Great <laughs> for them. That is my best. They, and his quote was, we of course thought we were just throwing our money down the drain. And as that game went on, we just couldn't believe our minds and didn't even know how much it was going to be cash for. Cause we didn't even look at the odds. Cause oh. we just thought we were lighting the money on fire. Oh man. man. 
I, I would have been hard to deal with in Vegas on that. Man. So, well, so listen to this crap. So in typical Vegas style, Barger said each of his eight men took $200 and put that down on a single game of roulette. Their number then hit for another $1,900, which was split once again among the friends. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And then he says on Saturday, he went to play golf at the Spanish Trail Country Club in Vegas and shot a 37 on the back nine. And he said he's not even that good at golf. So the dude's just on fire this weekend. No kidding. Wow. Any stories about Arkansas fans in Vegas doing well? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they bet against them. I just know next next time I go to Vegas, I might hit up my boy Dave Barker and just see. See if he's down to make a trip. <laughs> no doubt. Mm. All right, Dad, what do you got for your best of the week? Okay, well, I was out of pocket a lot this weekend, and this this is absolutely, to me, the best weekend of the NCAA because you got all the games, you got the lower seats. This is my favorite weekend, the first weekend. And unfortunately, I got to watch some Thursday evening. But so one of the reasons I was out of pocket is we had the I don't know, 20th annual Little River Club Chili Cook-Off Contest, okay? Always good. And it's the last one that I'm somewhat in charge of pulling off, and we usually have a lady named, we call her T-Tot. She's a great lady, and she goes by T-Tot, and she's out there doing it. Well, she wasn't, so Tammy and I had to kind of run it. Well, so, sorry, long story short, too late. My best is we came in (laughs) second place at the Little River Club Bonk. Chili Cook-Off Contest 2018. Woo-woo! <laughs> wow, congrats. What'd you make? What kind of chili? Well, we made a little venison, ground beef, pork, chili, and it was very savory. It was very savory, yeah. kind of, which I, I, I like. Right. And we'll get into that on my worst because we weren't number one, so I'll get into that in a minute. But, uh, <laughs> spoiler, was, alert, spoiler, alert, yeah. spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Anyway, so that was that was Hannah in on this one too. That was my best for the weekend. <laughs> All right, L. Do you got? Let's get on to the uh, the not so good parts of the weekend. What's your worst of the weekend, L? I don't know. I just uh, I had five shows to run and two production meetings, and I had a spreadsheet to keep up with, and I just didn't get to watch like hardly any basketball. So that it's nothing big. It's just I would have liked to have seen more. That's all. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Well. My worst of the week is a a weird story. So, Dad, you've you've watched you've watched a lot of basketball in your time, right? Uh, a fair amount, I'd say. Well, if you saw a ball go through the hoop but then get stuck in the bottom of the net, kind it's almost like if you ever played outside when it after it rained, but it was also freezing or a brand cold. new net. You're talking about like a brand or new brand, net. It's, it's tight. It, it, it happened. Yeah, a brand new game where they have it. They have it really loosen the net yet yeah well if the ball goes through but it gets stuck in the bottom of the net is that should that bucket count or not that's, that's two points that's two points clearly apparently well apparently once again the NCA has some stupid ass rules <laughs> no because, because the tennis the women's tournament also kicked off this week which by the way I think UConn won by 600 points to start off the their tournament but they always win <laughs> uh, kinda, yeah it's kind of short okay. for them yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, give or give or take. Uh, Tennessee and Liberty were playing in Knoxville to start off their first round of the NCAA tournament, and a freshman guard shot a layup, and the ball gets stuck in the bottom of the net. And of course, they, the rest kind of go, "Oh, I don't know what to do." And they go to the table and they try to decide what's going to happen. And everybody just assumes, "Oh, dead ball, whatever bucket, give the ball to the Liberty." The rest come back and decide that 
no, that basket does not count. And they cited back to the rules that says a live ball that is not a throw-in enters the basket from above and remains in or passes through the basket. So it has to go through it. Or or remains in. It says the try ends when the throw is either successful or when the throw is certain that it is unsuccessful. The way to determine whether it's successful or not is when it hits the ground, what happened? Did it go through or not? It literally says the ball touches the floor is when it becomes dead. Okay. Well, no, so or since when it, it never, becomes successful. No. But you said it goes through or stays that, in is what I thought you said. That counts as a success. Read that again, Kevin. Read that, it again. I, the, the the rule is a live ball that is not a throw in enters the basket from above and remains in or passes through the basket or a free throw enter the basket from above and remains in or passes through the basket. Remains in. Seems like seems like that should be a bucket. Well, they ruled that it was no bucket and that the guard from Tennessee could then go to the free throw line in which she went to the free throw line and made both free throws. So, in essence, the basket counted. But ball don't wash. Anastasia Hayes hit both of them. <laughs> but still, that is just a garbage ass rule. How the, I couldn't believe. And lady, the lady volunteers coach lost her ever loving mind, which I would, too, because it just makes absolute no sense. You know what sense. I think about it? Was that? Well, it rhymes. It rhymes with bucket. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> I like that. All right, Dad. What, what, what do you got for the worst? Okay. Of the week? All right. Back to the chili cookoff. <laughs> so, okay. was there a chili cookoff this weekend? Though? There was a chili cookoff, and I, as I was say before this, Tammy and I rode to Dallas and had dinner with a lovely couple that that we know and. It, that may be a story for another time, but just really had a great day. We had a great weekend. We really did, but I missed the basketball. But to the chili contest. So we were second place. The number one chili that won, and this was, there were four independent judges. They went in, they did their thing. I mean, there was no, and I tasted all the chilies afterwards. There was one I didn't like because it was really sweet. Yeah. it. I mean, it obviously had a lot of sugar. Found out later had a lot of brown sugar in it. It was my least favorite chili. It won. And I just, I don't, I mean, do you, I like savory chili and I I love the people that made it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're great people, but they made a sweet chili. Sweet chili is not my thing. I want a savory chili. And so my worst was we lost, I think we were really number one, quite frankly, (laughs) but you know, I mean, how can you get a sweet chili number one? But apparently it it did. And this isn't even like an Oscars complaint where, you just didn't taste that chili and you so that's why you don't think you deserve right. it. <laughs> this is not like I didn't even try it or didn't even see it. No, I actually <laughs> tried it and thought before I knew the results, I thought, eh, that's my least favorite. Yeah. And then and I'll was be number damn one. if it didn't win. Yeah. Mm. So I, that's my worst. That's fair. I sweet chili's not chili. I mean it's chili, but it's a I got you. I, I agree. I agree. All right. Sound the alarms, guys. Tiger Woods is so close to being back. He's so close to being back, guys. Today, Tiger Woods was wearing red, stormed back on the final day at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, and got this close to winning before he kind of tabled off towards the end. He ended up shooting three, uh, tied for fifth at three under, and McElroy won at eight under. But... I want to give y'all a little timeline on the odds for Tiger to win the Masters. He is now in Vegas favored. He is the favorite to win the Masters. That seems out of place. at eight to one. 
Okay. And that was as of yesterday. So he and then he had a good Sunday. So it might even go up. I don't know. But here's a little timeline of Tiger's odds to win the Masters. In August of 2017, he was at 100 to one. In November of 2017, he was 66 to one. December 33 to one. Then January to start this year, it got down to 20 to one. March 1st, it got all the way down to 12 to one. And now today, it's at eight to one. So. Damn it, in August, we should have got with Dave Barger and went and put down some money on Tiger Woods mm. to win the Masters. But I'm, I, I still got to do it. Yeah. We're getting close. It's starting. It, that feeling happened on Sunday. I, I actually flipped around to, I was flipping around between that and Michigan State pissing me off because they can't beat Syracuse. We'll get into that in a little bit. Right. But I was flipping between that and some of the golf because that feeling was happening where. Tiger's making a run on Sunday and nobody's safe. It doesn't matter where he's at. You ain't safe. Yeah. And I, I, it's exciting. I don't, there, it takes a lot to get me excited about golf, whether, unless it's like the masters or something. And I'm getting close to being excited about golf. So I can only imagine how golf fans feel. I don't know if either one of you would know the reason, but I keep hearing how he's, his, his, his odds are moving up to win the masters. And I don't know completely his history, although I hope I want Tiger Woods to do well, but, is he particularly good at the Masters course? Is that the reason that his odds are improving? Do either one of you well, guys? And I know you're so, not golfers. I'm more the golfer here, and I don't know the answer. So, so I don't think it's necessarily that he's really good at that course as much. Which he has had success at the course, but I think it's what it is. Is people he's a he's an attraction. People want to vote on Tiger. People are interested in him. Like people want to gamble on the Masters. And people like the average fan like me, well, I know a little more, but the some people aren't gonna know who Dustin Johnson or Jordan Speed, the Roy McElroy, but they see Tiger Woods and they want to bet on it. They see Tiger Woods at sixty six to one, thirty three to one, they think, Oh, Tiger, I'll I'll throw down a stupid hundred dollar bet like they did for you. Vegas could really lose. That's yeah. So Vegas is just hedging their bets. They don't think he's gonna win, I don't think, but they just know people are gonna start betting on him. So let's Lower those odds down. Yeah, it's just them hedging their bets. I don't think they think he's going to win. They're just they know people that he's going to get some action. Mm, that Tiger. does make sense. I understand. Tigers. That. Hopefully, um, Tigers not getting too much action anymore. He needs now, to calm down. I do know that, and I was having uh, Mamaw's cathead biscuits this morning while I knew this, but uh, <laughs> at the river, you've never had Mamaw's cathead biscuits. I'm just saying you're missing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and gravy, man, she made some good oh. gravy today. Anyway, yeah. Tiger Woods was he was five. Strokes behind the leader in tenth place, and he finished five strokes per you, Kevin, in fifth place. So he yeah. stayed the same behind the leader, but some people must have fell off. Well, I think Rory had a good Sunday too. And who won it, Rory? Rory McIlroy. Yeah, yeah. he had a okay. He yeah. also complained about hecklers today and said that they need to have a cutoff on booze at golfing events. Just a side note, but can you even play golf without drinking? <laughs> Good question. Well, not with my kind of game. All right. On the next layup, I wanted to get on. Did y'all see Tom Brady made an appearance on the Colbert Report this week? Okay, I watched that. And you sent the rumors too. may be true. I've heard there's been some rumors about offensive linemen have said on different podcasts and former players that back in the day before he started drinking avocado ice cream smoothies or whatever he does now. He was he was he was one of the boys. He would get down, he would chug a beer and they would say he could chug beer with the lineman. One, 
There's one thing a big old barley man like an offensive lineman isn't going to lie about, and he's not going to say his pretty boy quarterback can chug a beer (laughs) unless the guy can chug a damn beer. But still, it was hard for me to believe that Tom Brady and TB12 can put down one. Well, on Colbert, he put his money where his mouth was. And my man (laughs) put it down. He even went back. He put the beer down. He he left a little little bit up, and he went back for it. (laughs) That's how you can tell that dude was one of the boys at one time. That was a professional beer drinker right there. He was good. <laughs> but my issue is, if you watch the video, and we'll put a link to it on the in the show notes, but if you watch the video, clearly Colbert gets two beers out, yep. sets them down. He looks over to the side, I'm assuming his producer, yep. and switches them. Yep. I saw that clearly too. Clearly switches them. Yep. My question is, first, my first thought was, Tom Brady's not drinking beer. That's not even real beer. That's BS. But if you look closer, it looks like there's foam on Tom Brady's beer and not on Colbert. So maybe Colbert drank a fake beer. Uh, wait, what do y'all say? I need, I need answers. I know the answer. I can tell okay. you. Oh, oh please oh, do. That, I, perp- I, mean, I noticed that and it perplexed me. Yeah. I don't, I don't have any, uh, any definitive facts to tell you, but I can tell you exactly why, what I think happened, happened. So, okay. Uh, Colbert was not drinking a real beer. Because if you chug a beer, you're going to have to burp. And I don't know if you've ever hosted a late night talk show while trying to hold in a burp. I can't I say he- I've marked one of those off my list yet. But <laughs> yeah. okay. um, I haven't either, but I just can't imagine being fun. Um, so, so what I think happened is Colbert either chugged a flat beer or something that looked like beer. I, I just I think Tom Brady had the real deal. The um, beer that Tom Brady drank looked darker. It looked like it was a darker beer to me. Well, when he swapped them, actually, though, the lighting changed on them and they looked the same to me. So I think okay. they found something exactly the same. It's just where it was sitting on the table was lit better. Mm. That my opinion. Okay. Um, but I but yeah, the bubbles were left in. Well, when he put them on the table, one had bubbles, one didn't. When Brady chugged his, there was like, you know, that traditional uh running down the glass foam yeah and yep. and colbert's had nothing um i just think he he didn't want to run a show while he's or and also you know chugging a beer could hit him if he hadn't eaten that day or whatever and this is lunchtime you know when they record these things so uh is there something okay. wrong with chugging a beer at lunchtime i mean wait is there something well I need no to i mean on an empty st- <laughs> no 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 that's absolutely acceptable. i've been playing golf all wrong <laughs> yeah Damn, now I'm I know my saying, problem with golf. <laughs> I'm just saying there is a possibility that you down it and then you got to make sure that you don't say anything stupid about sponsors or something like that at the end of your show and you hadn't had breakfast that morning. It might be a good idea to have apple juice instead. That's that's all. So you're saying you're saying that Tom Brady did have a beer. We think. I think so. I think if that, I drink a full beer like that, I'm going to have to burp. I'm just telling you. Yeah, exactly. I out. think that's the thing. I, I think that's why Colbert didn't. And, and I think. The reason I think Brady absolutely did is because why why fake it with Colbert and then fake it better with Brady? Like if if one was fake, why not make them both the good fake? So I think Brady did actually chug a beer. I don't think it makes him any more likable. I think he seems like Crispin Glover playing a robot. Um, But (laughs) yeah, that's what that's what someone mentioned. uh, Tom Brady's just doing things that makes him more more human and more likable to to us. I'm like, no, that just means. He can do the asinine things good that I can do, and he also can do the really awesome things like win six Super Bowls or five Super Bowls, however many yeah. he has. He's just he's an, he's a robot. He's an, a, he's not human. I don't know what's wrong with him. He's an automaton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, and now I want to get on a little bit. So we talked a little bit about 
some guys or a yeah a group of guys that benefited from UMBC beating beating Virginia for the first 16 to one seed. By the way, LJ, you mentioned that you were going to pick all 16 seeds, right? Did you pick that one? <laughs> well, so let me tell you something. Um, that means no, Kevin. <laughs> Short answer. <laughs> I didn't. There's a long answer right here. But. Because like, okay, so the real strategy in a bracket like ours is like upsets get you points, but getting the right final four gets you way more points. So I didn't actually do it, but I did. Okay, so what I did is I read, okay, so Virginia has this injury. And so I thought, if I want to pick one, this is the right one. And then I thought, but no, it's not going to be whatever. It's I haven't watched enough basketball to know how big of a deal this injury is. I'm not going to bet my entire bracket on it. So I did not pick a single 16 to win. And I definitely didn't pick that one. Virginia was the overall number one seed, mm-hmm. too, right? Yes. Well, and I want to get I want to get on to some of that game in a second. But that guy they put to me, it was insane that those people were willing to put $800 on UMBC. Not only a 16 seed, we've never seen it happen, but a 16 seed, like you said, that beat the number one overall seed. But according to, in some other bets, according to the Williams Hill Race and Sportsbook, they took a $1,294 money line bet on Virginia. Virginia was at negative 10,000 odds. That means that if he were to win that bet, that almost $1,300 would net him Twelve ninety five. Twelve thousand. No, twelve dollars. No. If he would have won that bet, if he put he put down thirteen hundred, almost thirteen hundred, he yes, would have. If he would have, if Virginia would have won, he would have won almost thirteen dollars. At right. first, he would I have thought, had one payment to a ShamWow. <laughs> well, that's what, at first I thought, man, what a bad beat. That sucks. Oh, and then I thought, no, he's just a total dumbass because he put thirteen thousand dollars. And the winning, if he would have won, he would have had enough to get a triple Baconator from Wendy's. <laughs> That's just stupid. He's just dumb. Um, hey, while you're on it, uh, by the way, I mean, the value meals are now. I We went to Panera Bread <laughs> right. for breakfast the other day. Well, okay, that's high dollar breakfast, though. <laughs> Well, yeah. dude, it was $6 and change for a, sand, for a breakfast sandwich <laughs> that took like, I mean, okay, let me be re- realistic, probably seven minutes to get to me. <laughs> 16 and change I spent for two breakfast sandwiches that were just okay. And Tammy, bless her heart, her egg drops off in the floorboard. Oh, just, she's trying, oh, she's trying to eat her sandwich in the Tahoe and her and her egg falls off. And have you ever tried to pick up a slippery egg on the <laughs> on the uh, floor mat? Uh, no, I haven't. It doesn't go well. So you it slips a little more and it slips uh, a little more and you get a little more grit in it. She finally picked it up. She put it in her She looked at me and she goes, she she put it on her little breakfast, her eight dollar and change breakfast sandwich. She goes, "I'm gonna eat it." I said, "Okay, <laughs> well, guess after it." It's a four dollar and fifty cent egg, is what she had. So <laughs> you a grown ass woman, you eat that four dollar egg. You a grown ass woman, <laughs> eat that egg. <laughs> so, <laughs> so sorry, that's uh, a little aside. <laughs> another another bet. This one was a bad. Was, I got I got lost in. Uh, the dark web and just started looking at all, all <laughs> kinds of different bets that were, that were put on different Virginia stuff. And one through the CG technology, which is an online mobile betting. This one isn't as bad to me because he put down, well, he lost more money, but he risked $20,000 and would have won only 870, but it was on a three team parlay between Virginia, Purdue and North Carolina. So pretty much 
All Virginia's the lock in that. Purdue and North Carolina are the two seeds that yeah, maybe we've at least seen it happen. Yes. And he put down 20000 just to win, which 870 is still a good. Like, that'd be – to him, he's thinking that's just $870 in his pocket. Well, now, poor poor man or woman's out. twenty k. That, my friends, is a bad beat. Well, and what's the interest rate rate on a savings account? He could throw that into a bank and probably have eight seventy in like two months. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, that was terrible. Mm. And then this one, another loser, and this one's an organization, and this is just for the <laughs> listeners. I'm shout out to all y'all. Y'all get you a pizza. Little Caesars on Friday night tweeted out if the if crazy happens and a sixteen beats a one today or tomorrow. Then we will be giving out a free, they're like deep, deep dish pizza for a lunch combo. So you can go and get a free pizza and a Coke on April 2nd between 1130 and 2. So write it down. I'm putting that on go, my calendar. We'll, we'll put the tweet in the show notes. It says it, you might have to pull the tweet up, but on April 2nd, the day after April Fool's Day, this is not a joke. You can go get you lunch for free. And you know what? Lunch is on the Just Press Play pod. Lunch is on us. We got you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We whoa. got you. Hey, hey, you go to Little Caesars. And- LJ, have you heard this story? Can you confirm this and validate I'm not, it? I'm not. This is all Kevin. So we'll send him the receipts if we get them we back. We might need to think. If you go to Little Caesars between 830 that, or 11. That was Kevin Lutheringer. That was Kevin Lutheringer said that. <laughs> And then another little neato story. This one's just a cool story. Jerry Lyles, the guy who really put on for UMBC, and I kind of want to get into maybe a little, uh, a little of that game since we were almost got onto it earlier. But just a neat fact: Jerry Lyles is their leading scorer, and both of his parents graduated from Virginia. His dad actually played football for four years at Virginia. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And his mom said that. While it while it was sad to see my alma mater lose, it was fun. It was unbelievable to see my boy whip up on UVA. I was happy yeah. to be there. So think about it. that's just a cool moment. Oh, wow. Also, yeah. another cool little thing. Last time Virginia was the number one overall seed in the tournament, their ball boy was the coach for UMBC. No, no, I swear to God, I swear. Oh, that's cool. Tell me that isn't Whoa. cool. That's cool. I just yeah, that is. It's bit. just crazy. Wow. There's a picture circulating around, circulating the web. I'll try to find it and we can put it in there. But it's him as a ball boy. Oh, and that's so it's cool. just it's great. So I wanted hmm. to get into that. LJ, you mentioned that. First off, is that the is that the worst? It's got to be the, the either the biggest upset or worst loss, however you want to say it, in sports of all time. Right. Uh, honorable mention goes to Leicester, Le- I think is how you say it. The soccer team. That was uh, essentially a practice squad that ended up winning the UEFA, I think. They won, um, they won the whole thing, right? Yeah. And uh, okay. so that I think that might be a bigger upset, but only because it's essentially like the Browns practice squad was eating at Taco Bell and thought we could do this and then won the Super Bowl. <laughs> so hey, the Browns are making moves. Shout out to the Browns. But for sure, I got a big upset, though. I mean, we- and I saw this live. And I know y'all probably heard of it. Mike Tyson was the baddest man on the planet mm-hmm. for a while. Everybody was scared of this guy. I still he am. was destroying people. Yeah. I'm still scared of him. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> he got a tattoo on his face, dude. <laughs> um, so he was the scariest man on the planet. And I mean, I was watching the fight in the bottom part of Denver. LJ, you might have been born. You might have been alive. I have to look at the date. And Buster Douglas whooped his ass. That was as big an upset as I have ever seen, ever. I, I know that's before y'all's sure. time, but I'm just, you probably awesome. heard of that. That was an amazing upset. Very cool. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, 
136 times a 16 seed has played a one. One time has it won. One time. And wouldn't you think it would be a buzzer beater or oh, something? Man. But no. By 20. They beat it by 20. By 20. It, it was, was a butt kicking. They killed them. <laughs> I mean, they have to call him daddy now. I mean, <laughs> whatever. It's like, geez. It's, I didn't mean that with y'all because y'all are, but I mean, it's weird. It's like, it's like they, man. Anyway. And as next. of recording, a 16 seed has never lost in any other round of the tournament. So we'll see what happens. There you go. I mean, it's just. It's, yeah, they're, that's, that's true. It's just unbelievable to me. And, and LJ kind of touched on this. Virginia, I heard this the, the other day, and someone was like, I knew Virginia wasn't a good team. But no, Virginia was Baloney. a badass team. <laughs> they, the last time they lost, but they lost to West Virginia on December 5th. And then they have lost one game since then. Before before Friday night and the whole regular season, they went through the. What was your record in the ACC, kid? Uh, they lost one game. They lost once by one point. Is the ACC a pretty good basketball? They had conference? like nine teams make the tournament this year, which is a record. Which okay. is a record for most teams to ever make the NCAA tournament. And they got okay. run by yeah. Virginia. Run by them. Listen to this: in two games in the AC in ACC play, uh, Virginia held. They beat Clemson in one when they were ranked number eighteen and still in the tournament as of recording this. They beat them sixty-one to thirty-six, and they also beat Pittsburgh sixty-six to thirty-seven. That means those two teams combined for seventy-three points, which is less than what UMBC scored on them. What you're saying then is anybody that said they knew Virginia was bad is just full of shit. Yeah, right? I mean it's just well. So you get That's- Tony Bennett. Who's the coach there is a good coach. They've been good for a while. Really, as as a program, I think they've been a one seed like four out of the last five years. He's running a hell of a program. And he does have a stick for it seems like they're always good, but they can't make the win. They can't get the big win. They 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 do something in the tournament and they kind of falter. But I I just people that say they aren't a good team, it, it kind of pissed me off because like, no, they just it happened. But what it really gets me to is it's their style of play. They play a style of game where they play amazing defense, slow offense, and they make an, a 10-point lead seem like a 20-point lead because they're just it takes so much to, to score 10 points on them. So it kind of it makes me I heard I think Charles Barkley mentioned this and it's the whole saying, you know, defense wins championships. Well, I don't know about in basketball cuz the problem with Virginia's game and let's to relate this to a little bit of football and this I think you'll resonate with this perfectly LJ it's like Georgia Tech in in football if they get behind at any point by 10 points 15 or uh, in football if they get down by two possessions or whatever like they're great front runners but as soon as they get down their style of play is slow 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 now you got it they start rushing things they start jacking stuff up and Virginia style of defense is like pack the paint and they just play the odds that you're not gonna be able to keep hitting threes UMBC did. They went 12 for 24. They just kept hitting threes. I don't know. I don't know if you can win a championship in college basketball with great defense like that because all it takes is one game for one team, whether it's a 16 seed or a one seed that you're playing against. They just got to get one hot game and you're screwed. Well put. And that's what happened. I just want to say West Baltimore has given us UMBC, which is the first 16 seed to beat the one seed. And they also gave us Omar Little. So UMBC came at the King and they did not miss. <laughs> Shout out to the wire. I don't know anybody catch the wire reference, but uh, I want to get on to some more basketball talk. Let's just go on to what we thought. Another, some other upsets going on Arizona, man. What the hell? 
I put I put, I went all in with Sean Miller and it made me look stupid. Like, do you have any thoughts, Dad? I do have a thought. I mean, and and tell me if you've seen this yet, Kevin. I saw and and maybe you, LJ. So I saw where I mean the game was over. I didn't get to watch the game. The game is over. It appears to me that DeAndre Ayton and their their two guard or one guard that's so good. Who Alonzo Trier. Alonzo Trier. So they're talking about. Dude, I'm I'm declaring for the NBA right now. I'm out of here. I'm gone. I mean, th- their sweat wasn't even dry. They hadn't taken a shower yet, and they're already declaring for the NBA. And I don't know. To me, if your coach is telling the truth, I mean, he flatly stated every allegation against him. De- he defined the allegation. He denied the allegation and said this just did not happen. If I'm playing for a team and that's my coach, I'm I'm all in with him, man. I'm winning one for coach. I'm giving it everything I've got. Yeah. And it looked like those players, not only did they get beat, like Virginia, they got trounced. I mean, by 20-some-odd points. 21 points, yeah. And, and it seemed like they got in the locker room after the game, and they couldn't wait to bail off a sinking ship. And what that tells me – is something's wrong in the locker room. And and the person in charge of the locker room is the coach, John Miller. And if they didn't rally around their coach on this thing, something's not right there, y'all. I I don't know if Sean Miller's – I don't know. I mean, I want to wait and see. I'm not trying to say he's guilty. I don't – something is not right there because there was enough talent to do something, and they just – they just – the hell with it. We're done. We're going to NBA. We're out. Maybe they just realized they could have been getting paid somewhere else. Though. Well, so <laughs> we talked about that a little on the phone, Kevin. I think about ten minutes in or whatever, ten minutes left. They're down by twenty. They're counting their money in the NBA. They're like, well, so I have I have two thoughts with that, and part of it is kind of like what Dad was saying, where if if Sean if Sean Miller is innocent, like you're saying, and those players are behind him, then they're gonna go and they're going balls to the wall, us against the world. Let's go do this thing. But I think what happened was like you're saying, they got down and they know. I, it makes me think Sean Miller because I I said before it, it was one of two things: either Sean Miller knows he's innocent and is going all in on himself, or he knows they ain't got enough to prove me guilty, and I'm going all in on that. And I'm starting to lean towards yeah. the second one because I just me too. If the if the players they just like you're saying it, it realize they realize that this wasn't we're coming to Arizona to win a championship and this is an NCAA problem and this is my second thought is this get rid of the one and done because clearly they came to Arizona because or at least Aiton went to Arizona because he has to go there for a year before he can go to the NBA. That man. It, let him go. Why waste time and have him go to Arizona for a year when the NBA, not only does the NBA want him, he wants to go there. It just, it's stupid. Get rid of the one and done rule. That's the NBA, not the NCAA. Sorry, let me clarify. That's an NBA needs to fix that rule. But, and that also gets to what I think the rest in general, what we're seeing in the tournament is it's a, it's a insane year. We probably say this every year. I don't know. seems like this year more than ever. Every, there's a, there's not that big of a gap between the ones and sixteens. I mean, even uh, hell, obviously. I, I, and I think yeah. that's because yeah. we're, with one and done, we get these people, we get these teams where to be a great team that w- the great teams we've seen in the past are teams where got, you have to go. It's just like a good NBA player, like Michael Jordan had to go through failures. 
LeBron had to go through all good college players, good pro players. The Fab Five had to go through a failure the first year to went to be good the next year. It happens, and these guys come in and they go, and we just don't. We're not seeing as good of teams as we used to. And I know if we get rid of the one and done, some of those amazing athletes like eight, we don't even get to see in the college game. But and we'll see a better game. I think. We might not get as good athletes, but it's the game probably providing us with more upsets, though, because you get teams that are lower seated, but they've got players that have been in a program for two plus three plus years playing one and two and done kind of guys that don't have the experience. And so you're seeing this experienced, lesser talented player, but playing in a team atmosphere, being able to compete very well with the talented guy that doesn't have the time, the experience, the practice time. Yeah. So, well, and truly knowing the strengths of your teammates. Uh, that is, makes a world yeah, of useful. difference. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good and point. I'll just be not too far removed from those ages. I will say there is a big difference between your maturity level and just you as a person from 18 to 22. Oh my God. <laughs> a senior, a senior at UMBC <laughs> compared to an 18 year old at Virginia or wherever is you're just too like your mindset. Everything's different about you. Your body's different. You get I mean, everything. There's yeah. so you much. You know who different. you can tell that to? A 23 year old. You know who you can't tell that to? An 18 year old. An 18 year old. Exactly. Okay. Just so you know. <laughs> but but you know you know who probably is the happiest about well besides UMBC you know who probably is the happiest about that upset is Sean Miller because we for, we, yeah. we forgot about Arizona's colossal collapse because Virginia yeah. won up to no him. <laughs> yeah. To get on, so while we're on the upset train, LJ, shout out to Loyola what, Chicago. What? <laughs> what's the what's the what's the Windy City been like? Oh man, it everybody's pumped. I mean, uh, my buddy almost got kicked out of a bar because he didn't know anything about basketball and, and <laughs> thought that a three point shot that Tennessee threw up was pretty nice looking. So um we're pumped. <laughs> we are pumped about it. Man, shout out to Sister Jean. That uh, woman is famous. <laughs> She's legit. She's the well, coolest. Tell me a little. What is she? What is Sister Jean? So she, how old is, is Sister Jean? So Sister Jean has been with the university forever. Mm. She used to teach. I think she was a women's basketball player at some point. She, she played, played, played basketball. Day, Sister Jean did. <laughs> okay. If you, ass, you might remember. Yes. You. It was before even you'll remember. Kevin, but you she, may have heard how stories. Old is she seriously. Come on. I'm not that old, right? Listen, no. I'm saying <laughs> when she played. Are you saying she I saw played her play as a pup or what? <laughs> no. No. I don't know when they changed this rule in the women's game. But when she played they basketball, were three on each side. They played where yes, three stay on each side, and they just went from either okay, side. They right. didn't even uh, have the rule. I have to be honest. I have to be honest. I saw that happen. In high, I was not in high school. I was in junior high. <laughs> but when I was in junior high, I mean, I would go watch the senior high girls play. They wore short shorts. I mean, I was in, you know, and they would play three in the backcourt and you could not cross the center line, you know, and three in the front court. I've seen oh, that game. So that's insane. So, so she's always been a basketball fan. She's been, she taught, did some advising and teaching with the university for a while. And now she, at 98 years old, the nun is the chaplain for the for the basketball team, I believe, LJ. Correct me if right. I'm wrong on any of this. I think you're right. And not only does she pray with the t- before the games with every team, what what first off, whatever she's praying, I need to figure <laughs> I out. I want to hear it. God is listening. <laughs> the man upstairs is listening. But <laughs> second off, I, one of the players was talking about some of her prayers, and he said that she always sprinkles in little scouting reports in between the prayers. <laughs> 
But she also, <laughs> before every game, before every game, she sends individualized emails to each player with not only words of encouragement, but scouting reports like, be careful, this guy's tall. Or, <laughs> yeah, you know, just, just like the most adorable stuff. Like, this guy's big, so be careful in the paint. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> No, is she praying and saying, beware, he go, He likes to go to the left? I mean, and stuff like that while she's praying. <laughs> Dear God, please take away his crossover. Make him go to the left. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how ethical it is, but can we get a mic'd up Sister Jean oh. prayer? I, I want it. I want it. I need it. I want her mic'd up. Agreed. Well, yes. she'll send him emails after every game and like tell him what they did well. Like, oh, you just looked really good today with your three-point shot. It's just, it's adorable. It's amazing. And they've got to feel good having her on the sideline. Like it's it's another grandma. It's it's terrific. Oh, very cool. It, it's the coolest freaking story, and it's it's an, it's all, it's not only cool because they they won the first game, they won the second game. They're going to the Sweet yeah. Sixteen. We're gonna hear so much. Sister Jean's gonna be everywhere, and she's not doing this for publicity. I was reading about her. She's like she said, "I love my boys. Any chance I get to talk about my boys, I'm gonna talk about them." So I'm answering every phone call that calls. And she's just the sweetest thing in the world. She's I just love yeah. her. I, get a petition. I want to get Sister Jean on the Just Press Play podcast. That would be awesome. Yeah, if you're listening, Sister Jean, give us a call. <laughs> it was cool. So I was reading about a little bit about uh, Dante Ingram, who's their guy. He's kind of their guard that is their go-to player. And a little interesting thing about him. So he hit that game winner against Miami in the first round. Just moments before... Yeah. Zach Norvell Jr. for Gonzaga hit the three over in Spokane, or I think right out, or there might be Boise, wherever they're playing. He hit a three that sealed the game for them. Well, they had a scare in the first round, the three over the 14. And he hit a three to seal it right before Ingram hit a three. And apparently they were both uh, teammates at Simeon Rice High School in Chicago Hmm. back in the day. Also, one of their teammates, one of the seniors, when they were both sophomore and freshmen, a guy by the name of Jabari Parker who also went to Simeon Rice. So really, Simeon Rice has had some some folks come through, and that's in Chicago. Oh man, okay. yeah, that's that's right. That's the a very good high school basketball school. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there's there's been like look up look up notable players that have played there, and it's it's kind of a crazy list. Hmm. It's, it's so let's see what what else do we have from I guess another upset Syracuse today, Dad. Did you see? Did you get to catch that game? I mean, I got to watch. Syracuse them. was the, I think Syracuse was the last team in the tournament. By the way, were they really? But they, they got in oh, as really? an eleven seed. But yeah, so they were the last. And one in the in. play-in game, they had to play in against Arizona State just to make it to the round of sixty-four. That's right. A lot of people in our brackets didn't take them because they were in that like uh, whatever slash syr, and that doesn't look I, as. I, I took them. I had them to win a couple of games, and it's good because both my champions are out. By the way, um, but. <laughs> You know, something I did learn, I mean, so this is one of the games I got to watch, and you hear so much. Jim Boeheim is a Hall of Fame coach going against Tom Izzo, a Hall of Fame coach, you know, no doubt about it. Right. They always talk about that 2-3 zone that Syracuse runs, and you need to watch it. I mean, it's just something that Boeheim has done for years, and he gets tall, lean, athletic guys Basketball, at its truest sense, is a game of space. You have to have space. And if you get space and can knock down shots, you're going to win games. Well, that 2-3 yeah. zone that Bayheim wins with those long, athletic guys, they take up a m- mountain of space in the half court. 
and they make it hard for you to score. But what I also noticed, and I know I'm on a little of a roll here, but we talked about Kevin Pitsnoggle in in an earlier podcast, and the trick, it seems, to the 2-3 zone is that high post guy at about the free throw line. You get that ball into there in the high post, either the two guys that are kind of on the outside guarding the guards have to either fall in, which is going to leave somebody open for a three, or the guys that are on the baseline have to come up and guard that. He can make that pass down to the baseline, or if nobody comes up, he's got to hit that shot. That, to me, is the key player to attack a 2-3 zone. You need Kevin Pitsnoggle is what you need to attack a 2-3 zone. And I just was impressed with how Bayheim has coached that up and gotten the right players in that for years and years and years and ran it to perfection. Well, ran it very well against Tom Izzo. Uh, that game was just a study in what a 2-3 zone is and how to attack it. I thought well, it was Well, and it's simple. It's like, you, like what you said. It's, I'm, it's simple. The theory to attack a 2-3 zone is you have your three guards, three, three perimeter players up at, on the top on three-point line. And then you have two post players on the block. Well, when you pass it to the right side, then one of those post players goes to the short corner and one flashes to the free throw line, like you're saying. Enter the ball into that free throw line and either, like you're saying, that, that one that flashes short corner is open for a mid-range shot, he's open for a cut, or that guy that was on the wing floats down to the corner and he's open in the corner. Like you just, it's, and like you're saying, it's just space. And you have what it t- comes down to is, what you're doing if you're Jim Beheim and you're in a 2-3 zone is you're taking the ball out of the point guard who is the best decision maker usually on the team, and you're right, making that big right. man, Kevin Pitsnoggle or whoever, be the decision, the decision maker. And we saw, if you watch that Michigan State game, I don't know his name, they brought in a big white guy, and he caught the ball a couple times right where you needed and right where they would need to attack. And he thought about shooting, he thought about passing, he didn't know which one he wanted to do, and that all it takes is that second of indecision and since Bayheim recruits the length, like you're saying, all they need is a second to get that step, and now nothing's open, and you're backing back out, and you end up just jacking a long three. And it just it blows my mind that multiple times now has Bayheim. it seems like in the past five or ten years, I think since it's been a while since he's had a, a team that was like one of the top one or two seeds, but he seems like he's gotten in by the hair on his chinny-chin-chin a couple years in a row now, and they make runs because they just – once they get there, they know what to do. And that 2-3 zone gives people problems. Bayheim's an all-time coach. I mean, he is super – he walks in the Basketball Hall of Fame the minute he's eligible. Great coach. He's done a lot with, with a little sometimes. And that the biggest disappointment to me is, besides the fact that Michigan State's uh, in my championship, but the, that ruins our – I was so excited. One of the most exciting things. So before the tournament started, I look at the bracket, probably along with everyone, two things stood out to me. I thought, wow, we get to watch Kentucky, Arizona in the second round, and we get to watch Duke, Michigan State in the third round. <laughs> Neither one of them. I don't get either nope. one of them. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we get Buffalo nope. playing Kentucky. Shout out to Buffalo. I, I, more props to them. It just, uh, yeah. gosh, it's just you, what it comes down to is no one effing knows. March is crazy. This tournament's crazy. Oh, man. I just wanted to. How can you not love this? How can you not love this? It's the greatest sporting event in the world <laughs> ever. Yeah. All time. And I want to get, I think we're going to try, we're going to try to have a, uh, later this week, a real deep dive into the nitty gritty of college basketball. A little quick NCAA yeah. update. 
As we're recording, Clemson is beating Auburn 72 to 34. The team that we mentioned that Virginia beat wow. 60 to 36. Wow. So. <laughs> Just Jeez. What a tournament this year, y'all. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. If you're not into it now, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I want to take a uh I want to take a little turn and get on a different topic. So it's NFL free agency right yeah. now. First off, I want to say Shout out to Sam Bradford. That dude just keeps yes, checks, he does. baby. <laughs> Man. All he does is all he does is tear ligaments and cash checks, baby. It don't matter to him. He's all out of ligaments. <laughs> <laughs> and the car so he just got a one year fifteen million all guaranteed. Oh, he gets all fifteen million of it. So I think his career earnings are now up to $158 wow. million. Because he was so the last guy that signed an unrestricted yes. Rookie contract before, right. before yep. they did yeah. the rookie wage scale, he he got a seventy two million dollar like all like signing bonus. Wow, or some crazy crap! Hey, good for him. I like Sam Bradford yeah. fine. But yeah, wow. As a dude, he yeah. seems cool. It's the only thing, I, the only problem I have with Sam Bradford is for some reason he's the only player in the NFL that wears like the huge <laughs> sleeves. If you've ever yeah. noticed, everyone else has tight sleeves. His are like dang. Yeah. It's like his shirt is two sizes too big, <laughs> and his shoulder weird. pads are like a size too big too. That's he, just, he looks goofy. Yeah. He looks like a kid playing football. Yeah, that's the only issue I have with him. Yeah, that's the only issue. Other than that, well, cool with me. I wish I was. It's a friend, been my actually, experience that guys that make a lot of money seem to be good looking to girls. So you know, I think he's, <laughs> he's probably doing okay. Right. <laughs> but so I want to get on to a little bit more serious topic. So I wanted to get on to Eric Reed, who was at the 49ers last yeah. year. Just recently was released, or not released. His contract went up. And he is now a free agent. If you remember, Eric Reed, he's not getting any action in the free agency right now. No one's really trying to go after him, and he's not seeing much love. And if you remember, Eric Reed was the first player, to my knowledge, especially the first notable player, but I think the first one to, to kneel beside Colin Kaepernick yeah. and take a stand on social oppression. He was famously a part of that conversation with the Marine that helped him decide to kneel instead of sit. So that's how early but he Yeah, was before at. the mm-hmm. season. Yeah, I mean... It, He's not someone who's just kind of half-assed doing it. This just he, he wants his motto is he just wants to be a voice for the voiceless, and this is his way of trying to do it. And what he brought the way the reason this is in the news recently is because one, no one's really he's not getting much action. He's a good player. He's a very good safety. I, he might not be top of the line safety, but he's a good safety. How old is he now? Do you know? He came out probably about this is his first going to be his first real deal, so he probably about twenty seven. So he's pretty young, twenty six, twenty seven. Okay. Prime time. This would be one of his best. Now, Sorry. I will say he had a little bit of a down year because they moved him to linebacker, and he's uh, he's a light. He would be too light for a linebacker, and he was actually responding to some of the people's tweets. And they were someone tweeted at him and said, "Hey, maybe you're not." So let me backtrack. His first tweet was the notion that I can be a great signing for your team for cheap, not because of my skill set, but because I've protested systematic oppression is ludicrous. If you think this, then your mindset is part of the problem too. And someone replied back to him saying, you got switched from safety to linebacker, so that kind of is a sign from your team saying that, obviously, you're not that good at safety, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, well, know the whole story. I got, we lost, Navarro Bowman got released, and we didn't have a middle linebacker. And for the team, I moved to linebacker so we could have someone there. It wasn't a good position for me, and it wasn't good for my contract since I'm entering the final year of my contract but I did it for the team. So get that out of here. But I just want to get some of y'all's thoughts on one. 
is is it likely that he's do you think it's likely that he's not getting signed because of his stance and two where do you stand in that what 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 say you? What do you got, Dad? Uh, well, I mean, I thought about this a little bit, and, and I, I kind of got my thoughts together. And I, I want to kind of go through something, a, a line of progression of thoughts that I had. Um, so I like Eric Reed. Uh, he seems like a passionate, intelligent man who has some integrity about him. Uh, he isn't afraid to make a stand on an issue that he, and quite frankly, I, feel is important. Uh, the issue that I've heard stated as racial inequality and systematic systemic oppression. He made a decision to stand with Colin Kaepernick and draw an attention to this matter. He chose a very specific action, specifically because he knew it would be controversial and get attention to his cause. And it did draw attention. I know that at about the time I became aware of Kaepernick and Reed sitting and then kneeling during the anthem, I had also become aware of what I saw as an alarming number of people of color that seemed to be getting much more than I felt they deserved from the police. One defining moment in all this, to me, was there was a black man in New Orleans that was trying to help a mentally challenged young black man, and he was telling the police what was going on and was laying on the road with his hands in plain sight, I believe over his head, and he was shot. And I remember thinking at that time, something is going on. Something has to change. So now I see that Kaepernick and at some point very early in all this, Eric Reed were sitting and again, as I stated earlier, were kneeling during the national anthem. Personally, it didn't offend me. Uh, the issue needed to be addressed. Kaepernick and Reed had our attention and something was fixing to happen. I was OK with where we were. So I will say that while I can't be in Kaepernick or Reed's shoes because I am a white man in America and I respect their decision to stand for a cause they believe in. They have a right, and I think they felt perhaps an obligation yeah. to force this issue. With that said, to be fair, I've not had any trouble with the police. I've always done what they told me to do, even if I didn't completely feel it was necessary. And I've done it with a yes, ma'am, or a yes, sir. So as I can't see from the perspective of Kaepernick or Reed, likewise, I can't see from the perspective of a man I happen to know very well and have a tremendous amount of respect for. This was a man that was raised during racist times Yet he is not a racist. I know this man. I can tell you he does not meet the definition of what I feel is a racist. And as previously stated, I'm willing to hear and consider contrary opinions yeah. to what I believe. Now, this man I'm referring to served our country in Vietnam. He was literally willing to put his life on the line for a piece of dirt, a piece of dirt where his future wife and the mother of his children lived, not only for her, but for others, perhaps even for someone in Mr. Reed's family. He made a decision to serve, and this had consequences, one of which the fact that he could lose his life for this piece of dirt, this country, and in many ways for a song. So if this same man owned a football team, this man who literally put his life on the line for a piece of dirt, for an idea, for a song, if this man sees another man that has made a choice to kneel during the playing of our national anthem for that country, that idea that that man was willing to die for, if this man feels that is disrespectful to him and the people that he saw die to keep that dream and that song alive, I respect Mr. Reed's decision to do what he did, and I even feel like I understand it. I also respect a man that has a feeling he and others are being disrespected by someone who is kneeling during the national anthem. And if that man owned a football team and he didn't want Eric Reed on his team, I respect that decision too. So well put. that's well how I feel put. about it. That's really well put. I'd say I think my thoughts 
on it are I do think that this is affecting his employment. And I, I do agree with dad that I think that if an owner wants to make a decision for how they want to run their team based on any metric that they decide, it's it's hard to fault them on it. I feel like with a huge risk of offending people, I think that that these people are being disrespected much more than they're disrespecting a song. And when you disrespect the people that the song's supposed to represent, but you respect the song that I believe to be somewhat hypocritical. I just I don't know. I have a hard time accepting that America is represented by a song instead of people. I think the song is secondary, and I also think that it's overused. And I feel like it, the disrespect of the song to me comes in large part of you have to listen to it before every sporting event. And this is a relatively new thing. This isn't a thing that's been around since the Star Spangled Banner was a thing or since football started. This is a thing that has really been around as a every single game thing since about 2009. Yeah, I just I, I, I don't I don't get why that move is disrespectful either, because I feel like they've said enough times that this this is not about you. We're not. We we love the veterans. We we respect the veterans. Um, this is about uh, me having to listen to a song that feels like it's mocking me when it says "Land of the Free" um, every single week before I do my job. And so, if if they, you know, I I just feel like that's unfair to hold them to a standard that they have to listen to something that is disrespecting them before they go out and entertain millions of people when you don't have to look at them kneeling. the The cameras are the one that are putting them up. The news is the problem. They're they're turning what is a protest and a conversation that needs to be started into a controversy about the action that they're trying to do to start it. And uh, news and politics try to use us instead of listen to us. Yes. And I just I'm very, very upset about people finding the disrespect. And I understand, you know, people's brains work differently than mine. And I don't want to um, because I know a lot of people that I, I do dearly love and respect. Uh, feel that what they're doing is wrong, but I feel like Mike Pence using $14,000 of taxpayer money to go watch a game that he knew there was going to be kneeling at just so he could walk out yes. and make a statement offends me much more than anybody kneeling for a song or any other piece of art that only loosely represents us. Can. I just think that that song and to, the, to this man that I know y'all know who I'm talking about, it meant it kept him going in times that were difficult for him. And I do believe that he saw people. I know he saw people die yeah. out there yeah. to support this country, and perhaps some of Colin Kaepernick's ancestors, some of Eric Reed's ancestors, some of ours. I mean, yeah. that's what kept him going. And I, it, I understand why he feels that is disrespectful. I'm not saying he doesn't necessarily believe that there is there is no black oppression. He does not believe that doesn't exist. He does not believe that. Something needs to be done for that. Yeah. But he believes do it in a damn different way. That's that's and I get that. How should he? And I, while I'm on it, I do want to say something. Kaepernick wearing the damn pig socks. That's terrible. That's bullshit. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. I understand that the protest he's doing and the reason he's doing it. And I understand and believe in his protest. But I believe in this man who I respect a lot saying, you kneel during the national anthem of the country that I love. Screw you. You ain't playing on my football team. And that's I I totally support well, and that. So I, I support them both to feel the way they well, feel. Well, and both of what y'all said is for the reason this topic is so interesting to me is because I, I, I get so torn. I, I At some points, I feel so strong about something one way. 
And that's my, my favorite thing or what I think is I wish more people did is understand, like try to understand both sides of an argument before you make your yeah. stand. And you can disagree. I, that's what great, uh, great about our country is I, you're more than welcome to disagree with me or anybody else and anything you want to. But please just take the time to listen to both sides. Do what we're doing right now where you're looking at it, Dad, as the person that's feeling disrespected and Colin Kaepernick. And you're looking at both sides and you understand both sides. And then you can make a stance if you'd like to. But I think too many of us are making a stance just without even listening to the commentary from the other side. And what I wanted to bring up, and it's kind of picking off of what you said, Dad, is this song is something that the man, this man that you're referencing has seen loved ones and friends die. Mm-hmm. And this song kept him going. Well, right now in our country, Eric Reed and Colin Kaepernick are seeing friends, family, people of their race die, getting hurt. And, and they're trying to find a way. They're, they're looking for a song. They would love to. They want a song to keep them going. And I think what's keeping them going is the fact that they realized I have a chance to be a voice for these people that are voiceless. And Colin Kaepernick tried to be that voice and he was doing things and nobody cared. It wasn't gaining the publicity. People cared some, but it wasn't. We didn't hear about it all the way in Texas and Arkansas and Chicago. But as soon as he kneeled, mm-hmm. we heard about it. And whether it got him the bad publicity, some and people disliked it. And now he's not on a team, but his message got heard. And if what is keeping him going in the morning is knowing that I'm doing what I think is right, and that's what Eric Reed has mentioned, is I'm doing, I don't care. He said last year that if this means I don't have a job, I know this. He said before, I know I'm about to be a free agent, and I know this could affect my job. And if this means I don't get a job, that's fine. Because I would be more upset with having a job as a safety for the 49ers and knowing I did nothing than doing something and not having a job. So I think I, to put it, uh, uh, to paraphrase a quote of his, he said something along the lines of you can either worship God or money. And I think I'm doing right by God. So, well, and I want to say something to be clear. I think I would love to have a beer with Eric Reed. I, I mean, I, I got nothing personally against him. Uh, uh, I think he would be an interesting man to talk to. And he's obviously very intelligent and he has thought about the issues that are affecting this from a broad scope um i really like him really respect him i wish now they would say i understand why some of what we've done to bring attention to our cause has has caused people to feel disrespected and we we've got your attention now i apologize if we disrespected you and let me let me try to further my voice in another way but, I, I think that's how i would like but to do see we, it do we have the, the one issue another issue we have in our country is these things come up and it starts, a, it's a, the news cycle runs just like with the, when a shooting happens, we're all about gun control and trying to figure out what we're going to do. And we're not going to get into that topic today, but it, it fades away. Eventually these Florida kids have a voice right now and eventually it slowly fades away. And we, the news keeps cycling and something else happens and it goes away. If they decide we're going to quit kneeling because this is disrespectful and we are sorry that we have disrespected you. Does, does their voice now fade because one, they don't have a job anymore and they're not kneeling. Does now they're voiceless. Again. And, then, and then Trump tweets out, see, I told you I could convince them we win. Um, and then we never listened to what they had to say ever again. 
And Trump's saying we've moved on, calling them sons of bitches. That, that, that's well, yeah, that's I, I wrote down in big letters. That's the first time I've ever heard the president of the United States call somebody a son of a bitch. And, and it's one of us. Um, OK, this is news to me. Well, who did he call a son of a bitch? He said that if anybody on his team were kneeling, then he would fire that son of a bitch and kick him off the field. You're right. Yes. OK, I, I'm sorry. I didn't realize what you're talking about. Yes, he did say that. I thought that was inappropriate. I think that is but, unbelievably but, disrespectful. But, but he's a grown man. He can run his business the way he wants. So and his business yeah, is our but, country. But his yeah, business is our country, which is a little different. You're right. If, if he doesn't want to hire them at Trump Towers, that's that whatever. He's running. But he our represents country, me and he's yeah, calling yeah. people sons of bitches for peacefully protesting. So then I guess Agreed. the next with you. the next question is. So I think we've come to consensus that. Eric Reed is not getting offers because of his stance. Correct? Are we in agreement there? It. I think that's very possible. Is, yeah. Probable. Is that perhaps. okay for an NFL team? Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. It's absolutely okay. okay. The way I see it is he's there, not the. There were guys that didn't want Tim Tebow, right? Because of the circus that he brought. And it. And they didn't want to deal with that. And so the, uh, if a guy's coming to your team that kneels during the national anthem, He's going to bring some publicity that you may not want. While I disagree with their reasoning with everything in me, I can show my disagreement with them in the same way that they do. I don't have to support them with my money. They don't have to support this message with their money. That's fine. That's mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. fine. I don't like it, but it's it's fine. And it's it's what makes our country great to be able to say what you want, when you want, how you want, and to be able to react to it. To get on what you were saying, and I totally agree with you, Dad, Tim Tebow didn't get signed by a lot of teams because you're bringing on a guy who you're going to try to be your backup quarterback at the time after his run with the uh, Broncos teams are bringing him on as a backup quarterback. And you're, if you're a GM, your job is not the, all the hoopla and sponsorships and all that. Your job is to put the best product on the field. What if you're looking at Tim Tebow and you say, this guy can be my backup quarterback, but he's going to bring all sorts of, circus and drama that's going to affect the field of play for people around him. It's going to affect the others on the field. Do I want to bring on a backup quarterback and have that much come of it? If Tim Tebow was Tom Brady, you'd be willing to put up with it. So if Eric Reed, me and you mentioned this, Dad, if Eric Reed's Earl Thomas, he's not the best safety in the league. He's a good safety. That's why I do think he will get signed at some point. But as a GM, if he's not, if I can get a safety that is maybe just a little bit less, my job is to get a qual. I'm looking at you as a as a player, not as what your values are. So if I can get a safety, whether it's right or not, I can get a safety that is almost as good as you, but I won't have to worry about any other of this news coming on, or you divide my locker room, or any of this stuff. That's where I, that's as a GM, that's where you're going to go. That's what you're going to turn to, and I completely understand it. Like I, I do tell you, it might be. It sucks that him standing for a cause that seems like a, or him kneeling for a cause that seems like a totally just thing to kneel for, is going to cost him job. But I understand why it could. I mean, he's like your job could not hire you if you decide that you're going to show up late to work every hour and 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 protest. Tammy brought this up. We were talking about this, and she said, "You know what? So you get off work and you like to go run naked around the block at your house." I mean, you can do that. Is this a, is this a, uh, we're just, uh, 
Maybe. No, no. This is actually a fictional. This is, this is what she said. I mean, she said you. Okay, can... just make. Well, I'm just making sure you don't actually get off work and go run around naked. Well, I'm not going to say I do. I'm not going to say I don't. But for the purpose of this conversation, what I will say is a man that don't run naked don't want to run naked bad enough. Anyway, but what I'm saying is, is that I mean, I'm on my own time. If I want to run naked around the block, there are prices I have to pay. And real quick, right. I want to say it. It sounds like Eric Reed understood this when he made that stance, and he's understanding yeah. what could have happened, and he was prepared for it. Respect to you, Mr. Yeah. Reed. You've made your choice. You're right. paying the consequences. Now, my company could come and say, if I want to run naked around the neighborhood after hours, they could. You know, we don't want the we don't want to be known as the company that hires the naked gas pricing man, and and that's yeah. fair. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, it's my time. I can right. do what I want, but there is a price we pay for everything. Eric Reed's paying the, uh, this price right now that there are some general managers that don't want him on the, his, their football team because his athletic ability does not override the what they what they see as disrespect and perhaps negative publicity. And I think it's okay that they feel that way. And I think it's okay that Eric Reed is protesting in the manner which he's protesting. And so all I'm saying is I see both sides and I'm not I'm not hating on either side. I get it. And this is where we are. What I guess I kind of want to end with is I just wish that as as consumers of news and we we listen to in America, we listen to those with a voice like the president, like Colin Kaepernick has a voice because of his athletic ability and different Different people with a voice. So we listen to it. A lot of times we go to, we, we choose what, we, where, what media we consume for affirmation. We choose to hear what we want to hear. So we, if we initially think, that's disrespectful, I can't believe he's kneeling for the flag, then we're going to click on the article that says, why Colin Ka- Kaepernick is flipping off the military. Instead of the article that says, Colin Kaepernick understands that he's, mil- he's disrespecting veterans but that's not what his stance is so i just wish that i'm all this i'm trying to say is i wish people with a voice like trump and kaepernick or a a veteran or the person you're referencing to i would love to have them sit down in a room and talk and let's hell let's record it and just i think people with would understand each other they would talk to eric reed and realize okay I get where you're coming from. I don't necessarily agree with you, Neilan, but I get where you're coming from. And I just like the Marine that Eric Reed met with beforehand, they uh, they they came to an agreement and said, yeah, I think what you're doing is legitimate. And I don't think you're I understand why you're doing what you're doing. and It's not going to bother me. I just wish we had more that open dialogue going instead of just attacking yeah. each other with verbal abuse. So do y'all have. Do y'all have a moment to to let me get something off my chest? Yeah, sure. Can can y'all just let me? Okay, well, uh, you know what really grinds my gears? I've got something to say. <laughs> I got something to say. So, <laughs> so here, I get off right now. As you both know, I don't know if everyone knows this, and they probably don't care. <laughs> but my work schedule is that of the graveyard shift. Basically, I get off in the mornings. Right now, I'll go in around midnight-ish. It depends. But I get off around 9 or so. I usually get a break, 9 or 10. Well, Thursday, the opening day of the NCAA tournament. I 
If you've listened to any of this podcast, you know it gets my tail wagging. I mean, I love it. This is this is my shit. So I'll, I I get I get on break. I actually normally on Thursdays I get off, and we normally I would get off at nine, but I leave about eight, and we get off for about an hour and a half because we have a meeting that we come back for, and when everyone else the evening people get there, like everybody's there, we have a full meeting. And so I get off and I have a little time. So I just am going to turn my TV on. Well, I turn on my TV and the screen pops up. There's no games on, so I'm not missing thing yet. But the screen pops up. Your account has been suspended. Call DirecTV to assure your payments or something. And I'm like, whoa, hold the phone. Because I knew I made a payment earlier this month. This is the Thursday of the NCAA tournament, right? <laughs> this is the Thursday before the tournament. I'm just on break stay. before my meeting. Okay. Yeah, and I'm on break before I'm in, so I'm about to have to go to work. And then when I get off work, I want to try to get at least an hour or two of sleep because I'm going to deprive myself and stay up from 11 a.m. till the tournament's over on Thursday because I'm about to watch every game and just binge it because I, I can't get enough of it. So I'm like, oh, my God, I got to fix this. So I call DirecTV. One, this is the last thing that I want to do because I've had prior experiences calling DirecTV, and it's not that the people – sometimes aren't helpful it's that me and those people who speak a different dialect oftentimes that <laughs> that get on the phone and they can't understand what i'm saying and i can't understand what they're saying so it's a problem on both of our ends but so i'm sitting there and i call and i want to know what happened with this payment and he says oh it looks like you did make a payment but it looks like the payment wasn't received and I was like, all right, well, what's the, what do I need to do now? Can I make the payment now? I was like, yes, but you'll get charged a $9 late fee. And I was like, I don't know why this $9 is just $9, but the principal, I was like, well, why is it late if you said I made the payment and you yeah. didn't receive it? Right. And he told me that he can't, he, so he put me on hold. I'm on, I'm on the phone for 46 minutes. And finally, this is the answer I get back from Abdul. He tells me that. He, can't, he doesn't know what happened. He sees that we received a payment, but for some reason the payment didn't go through, so it was returned back to my bank account. I said, can you tell me why? I feel like I had sufficient funds, but can you tell me why? If it was something on my end, I guess I'll pay the damn late fee and I need to get the tournament on today. And he said, nope, can't tell you why. And I was like, you... So there's no reason why, but I still have to pay the late fee. He's like, well, let me... After I've already been on hold for 45 minutes and I'm 10 minutes before a meeting... He goes, well, let me put you on hold and call accounts again and see if they can tell me why. On hold for 15 more minutes, he comes back on and goes, I can't give you a reason why. So I was like, whatever. I'll pay the $65 right now. I'll call back when I have more time and I'll get this whole thing figured out. Well, then I pay the thing. My TV's working when I get back but I, and I take a nap and I call back about one and I'm, I'm ready now. I'm like, all right, got a piece of paper with me. I've got the transaction number to the first payment, all this bull crap. And I talk with this woman, and finally, I get a woman that can help me. She is going to fix it for me. And not only does she fix it for me, she goes in. She can't figure out what she says. I don't see where the problem is either. And doesn't look like there's anything on your end. So the wait fee is waived. And so I asked, by the way, since I have you on the phone, when I signed up, I was supposed to get like a $200 Visa gift card if I stay with DirecTV for a month. That was like their promotional deal they were giving me. Well, she said, since I've gone through all this trouble... She was going to give me a $300 gift card right. instead of a $200. All right. So, end of the day, DirecTV, you made good. We're cool. But, God, I hate I, what grinds my gears is being on the damn phone for an hour and a half <laughs> and not getting a single answer. 
Sorry for yelling into the mic. It just drives me crazy. Just give me an answer. And if you can't give me an answer, put me on the phone with someone who can. The guy would not get me on the phone with anyone else. He just kept telling me that he doesn't know. And it sounded like no one else knew. And we sat around and rode this little pony for an hour and a half before I was late to my damn meeting. And then it just was, oh, it's driving me crazy. And it was the first time I've ever kind of lost it on someone over the phone. I usually am very respectable, but I had a brief moment where Abdul caught a a, a bad little bit of this my tongue and I'm well, sorry hey, to Abdul if he listens. Well, and I'll say <laughs> if you think about it, if you think about it, you got an extra hundred dollars out of the deal for an hour and a half of your time. Yeah. That's like sixty bucks an hour. That's a pretty good wage to be that's frustrated for. Yeah. <laughs> you're right, you're for right. For an hour and a half. Yeah. 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 That'd be right. It worked <laughs> out, but that's what the thing is though, is direct TV's banking on you're not gonna put that time in, you're just gonna pay the late yeah. fee because you don't want to deal with it. And that's shitty to me. Yeah. <laughs> but my god so dish dish network you you could be right here dish network <laughs> if you're looking the for a dish place dish to be your could be brought to you by dish network but until then i'm gonna wait till that well and also my my gift card hasn't come in the mail it should come in the mail in three weeks she said and if it doesn't she said call back and i got a confirmation number and a name of Yvette and my confirmation number to call back and tell to figure out where my card is, but I might have to go through this again. I'm getting my damn card. That's what's going to happen. I'm getting this three hundred dollars. Okay. <laughs> and that's enough for. You feel for better. Me. I do. I do feel. <laughs> I do feel slightly better. Uh, now, I want to get on. Uh, last week, you guys, we didn't explain it to Kevin. And yeah. it, let's just say I didn't come off the smartest. <laughs> really? Is that the reaction you get? It, it depends who it depends who you ask. Like everybody, it didn't, seem, <laughs> it didn't seem like it didn't seem like I came off that smart. See, I felt like I learned as much as you did. I just felt like you really taught us a lot with that about you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you namely, but yeah. Well, all right, I have. A new explain it to Kevin this week, and I don't think you'll have an answer for me, at least not a good one. <laughs> so I was the other day I was getting ready to cook something. Crazy thought, I know. Yeah. And it said the, the thing said out. that I needed to have the oven on 200 degrees Celsius. Well, obviously I was like, ah, crap, I don't know what 200 degrees Celsius is. So I think, well, what is the boiling point of water? It's 212. Well, 212. Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit, 212 Fahrenheit is 100 degrees Celsius. So 100 degrees Celsius times two, that would make 200 degrees Celsius turn into 424 degrees Fahrenheit, right? (laughs) Nope. Nope. Yeah, not the answer. Yeah. Google told me. So Google says 100 degrees Celsius is 212 Fahrenheit. Yes. But 200 degrees is 420. Wait. 200 degrees is 392. Yeah. Either Google's bad at math, I don't understand temperatures, or I broke Google. Which Let's one just say it? you don't understand temperatures is what's happening here. I think that's my vote, LJ. Uh, I'm with that's where I was you. putting my money. That's where I was putting my money on this thing. <laughs> because here's the other thing. They're not it's not as simple as just saying you you multiply by this and it's that. Like it's a complicated formula to get from one to the other because the other thing is 32 degrees Fahrenheit is freezing, right? Right. And zero degrees Celsius and is freezing. Zero last, time I, last time I checked. Yeah, and so zero degrees yeah, Celsius. So that doesn't make any sense either. Right. Well, that's the thing is they're not just like a scalable. They're totally different systems of measurement. It's not like 
So if you subtract 32 from 212 and double that, I bet you'd be close, though, right? You see what I'm getting yes. at? 212 minus Here, I'm gonna 32. Do this. 180. 180 times 2 is 360. So actually, you're not much closer, honestly. Still not. Yeah. There, there is like a, there's another factor. Well, it's like, like seven, you eight multiply it by something and then divide it by like something. Yeah, there's there's like three steps to get the com- uh, the conversion right. I know John Payne's so going to be saying, in the comments section. Tell us exactly how to find it. But. <laughs> so you're saying I didn't outsmart Google? I'm saying you didn't. I'm with saying, confidence. I'm saying you bought a dumb package that didn't give you Fahrenheit. I mean, why did you? What do you have like some British? No, I had a recipe from the web. Ah, uh, not okay. my package says Fahrenheit, but I wasn't going off a package. I was making something else. Well, so, next time go Siri. What is 200 degrees Celsius converted to Fahrenheit? Yeah, and let's let's let your pretty little face do less math from here on out because it doesn't seem to help you too much. <laughs> yeah, that face for radio. <laughs> Let me drop another one on you. Then is it UMBC has advanced further or advanced farther? Oh, that one always trips me up. I think is there is there just an answer? Is that one semantic thing too? There is an answer. I think it's further, further versus farther let me google that for you bro be careful because it'll jack up like if you try to do celsius and fahrenheit i still think the problem in that was the user not the not the tool um (laughs) uh, farther is for physical distance further is for metaphorical or figurative distance so they advanced further further but they might have to drive farther to get there (laughs) yes absolutely that's exactly what i was going to say for real all right now i understand that you did a Thorough job of explaining that to Kevin, by the way. <laughs> I want you to know. At a boy stash. Well, way to go. That wasn't as dumb <laughs> of a question as does the water cooler cool my water or not? <laughs> well, let me, how about this? Let me end this segment with I will drop some knowledge on you guys. Right. And you're going to, not only am I, all right, listeners and dad and LJ, not only am I buying you lunch on April 2nd, but <laughs> I am saving you an issue that you probably hate dealing with. You know, when you pull up those sites, and the damn video starts playing out loud, yes. the ad or the video. Yes. Well, I know exactly what you mean. Every yeah. sports site has, well, a, has a damn uh, highlights reel that pops up on you. Yep. Oh, yeah. And instantly. And it's the worst. And when you're trying well, to check it at work, kind of clandestinely, yeah. and all of a sudden, blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, blah, Matthew Berry's like, yelling at you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right now, I pull, up my, I pull up my thing to see the latest in March Madness, and I get Bill Raftery yelling, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, everybody hears it. But I, I can fix that problem for you. All you uh, have I'm to listening. do, down if you use Google Chrome, they had this feature before, but it didn't work all the time. Now, let's say you get on the ESPN.com and you click on that story and that video plays. If that annoys you, you can go right click on where the tab is up at the top and click mute site. And now from now on, every other time you ever get on ESPN, It'll be muted. You can unmute it if you want to hear something, wow. but it'll mute it. That video will still play, but that sound doesn't play. The worst is for me is CBS. They always start out with a video and they have a good articles that I like to read because they'll have like quick news articles where it tells me what happened. Yeah. Instead of if I don't have time to read a full big old piece and I'll click on it. And like you're saying that something will start playing and it's annoying. But now I just had the site muted and it always mutes. Every time I click on it now, Google will remember it. That's cool. And it will always have it muted. Now, but if there ever is a video you do want to hear on it, you do have to go up, right click, unmute. But, uh, but that's, I'll deal that's with worth that. it. Yeah. That's yeah. some good knowledge right, you just bro. dropped, Kip. Yeah. All right. Just dropping knowledge bomb. Well, plural or singular knowledge bomb. There's not <laughs> dropping multiple. A knowledge one. bomb. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> a knowledge bomb. 
Okay. <laughs> All right, and uh, let's go with uh, it's that time of the week. So, Dad, what do you, what have you been listening? You've been on the road a lot lately. Have you been listening to anything good or? Wow. Okay. Um, you know what I've been listening to a little bit now is JT's album, That Man in the Woods. I actually kind of like. What do you like, think? I've I heard. Like I've heard mixed reviews, and I haven't really listened. You know, I really like the song that he does with Stapleton on there. Uh, say something. I can't remember what it is, but it it's a pretty good album. I mean, I I really uh, I've enjoyed JT's new album. Okay, L, what you been listening to? Uh, I've I've not really been able to listen to music for pleasure lately. So when I did, I listened to Now Four. Hey, <laughs> oh, there's that's so a good all time classic. An all-time classic. That's got that's got uh, Blink One Eighty Two on it, right? All the small things. Yeah, I got all the small yeah, things. That's a good it's album. Got, uh, I remember listening to that one. Steal like, my kisses by Ben Harper ben and the Innocent Criminals. Yeah, it's got uh, Hanson uh, being much better than I ever thought they were. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's funny how that it's, happens. It's a much better album than any other now. Yeah, has I ever don't been. know. I, I haven't I haven't listened to a now recently. I think they're like now sixteen hundred. But I saw an ad <laughs> yeah. for. I saw an ad for one of them and it looked awful. I didn't have any yeah. inclination to buy it. But now for what is the like, heat? <laughs> yeah. You don't need to buy it anymore because you can find that. It's like the, the today's hop top hits on Spotify. Yeah, you don't true. even need to. So it's it's a useless thing nowadays. But back, back in the, in the day, day, it was, yeah. it was okay. Okay. <laughs> Back in the day on that little white boom box when we put our CD in it, during, or it was a silver. Oh, it was like a silverish like. Yeah. Radio. I remember you had it. I remember listening to that. And then we watched Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And I didn't think it was <laughs> oh, funny yeah. at the time. I Man. was too young. I wasn't ready for it. But we're going way yeah, back. We're, All we're, right. We're a blast um, in the past. But um, what about you, bro? What are you listening to? So I got two albums. I've been uh, nothing new. Well, I, I'm testing something new. I got a suggestion. I'll, I'll let you know how it goes. But I listened to Dad. You'll remember this one. Live in Madison Square Garden, OAR. Oh, great. Oh, oh, that's I, a good I, I needed yes. time to kill. I wanted. I was working, and I just needed some like background music because I was doing some writing, too, to where I needed some music where it wasn't, I wasn't listening super hard mm-hmm. and like really listen to the lyrics, mm-hmm. and I just had that playing, and man, the whole thing is really good, but go listen to Crazy Game of Poker and just give yourself oh. 20 minutes to just, oh, it's amazing. Oh, man. It's good. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And then I listened to the next day I listened to Glass Animals how to how to be a human being. Good. Oh, it was so, it was just I I wanted something different to listen to and it was perfect. A good change up. It was great. Yeah. Is that pork soda? So, Is that Glass Animals? Yes, yeah, the well, same it's, band. It's them, yeah. yeah. And season 3 episode 2 or whatever. Season 2 episode 3. Yeah, yeah, I like that yeah, song yeah. better. Shout out yeah, to that but, song in particular. Yeah. It's great. But that was a good, good song. Yeah. yeah. That's if we had the rights to it, that's what I wanted as our intro. <laughs> oh, heck, if we could get yeah. the rights to it, that would be the dopest. So that that's cool. that's what's been that's what's been in my earbuds, though. All right, and I think that'll about wrap it up for us on this week's Just Press Play Pod. Keep looking at the uh at our uh iTunes and Apple and wherever you get our podcast from. We're gonna I think we're gonna try to have another one out, have a guest on and really get into try to decipher some of this shit that's been going on in March Madness that has my bracket ripped up into four pieces over here beside me. And uh but if by the way keep always keep up with us on the website. We're gonna keep posting the scores. We post it during the games, like during the night. Yeah. I mean they're they're check getting updated scores. all the time. Yeah, so you I, can check your scores, see how you I doing. try to update it as often as I can and let us know if you see any errors with your scores. Please let us yeah. know. It could I mean we're yeah. pretty good, but it could happen. So let us know. Yeah. 
Keep up with right. your bracket. We, we don't have we don't do ESPN score and we do our own separate thing, so it's a little different. It makes it makes it to where no one's ever out of it really. But since we do that, it's manually, not by me, guys, because obviously we've shown that I'm not that smart. But <laughs> it can be there can be a mistake. So if you see something, holler at us. Bring it to and our team. Quick shout out to the 75 brackets we got. That's yeah. awesome. Thanks guys for for participating. Yeah, this is really fun. Out. And as always. If you got anything you want to talk about, if you want to jump in on any conversations that we had today or previously, find, hit us up on Twitter. Go follow us. Give us a give us a follow. We're sometimes funny on there uh, at JPP Pod, or you can go find us on Facebook at Just Press Play Podcast, or you can go to our website at JustPressPlayPod.com or JPPPod.com. So get get involved. Come talk to us. We want to talk with you. We want to we want to know what y'all think and just keep doing what you're doing and keep hitting that button, man. As LJ says, smash that button, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out. Peace. Peace. Hit the damn button.